if you're a lash artist, you have to, of course, do lashes. You have to worry about your schedule, texting clients, posting content, inventory. There's so much. And that's just with your business, not taking your kids to school, cooking dinner, grocery shopping. There's so many ways that we're pulled. And so staying organized and plan helps you get everything done. Taking 30 minutes on a Sunday to plan out their week will change their business. I highly, highly recommend it. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for like McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, Andre, show from Elibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, they panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is Lashcast. Your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we are blessed to have Vanessa Malika from the Lash Professional join us. She is the CEO and founder of this amazing company, and we're really excited to have her because she has a passion for women entrepreneurs, to see women succeed in business. And in fact, so much so, is not only does she have a lash brand, but she also creates tools like planners that can help you get organized and do well. In a little bit, I'll tell you more about that. But before we do that, what do we have, guys? Well, we have announcements. Time for announcements. And what's our first announcement? Well, that's there's only really one major announcement, and that's LashCon is around the corner. And we still, still amazingly have a handful of tickets left. These last few are just hanging around. So you've been thinking about it. You can go right now to show notes, click on that, and go buy it, or go to the lashconference.com and get it, or go to lashcastproductions.com and get your ticket today. If you can't make it, and I know a lot of you at this point, coming out here is not an option. There is the virtual ticket This gives you everything as far as all the content, all the speakers. You'll get to watch it all live, and then you'll have two months to go back and watch everything on the replay. And so it's going to be a lot of good content, stuff that will help change your business. It's only $2.97. So really, for a very small sum of money right now, you can level up your business. And I bet you you're going to do more than $300 extra in business this coming year because of all the new things that you'll learn from branding to marketing to sales to building your team, and so forth. So go ahead and click on the in the show notes, and you can go buy that today. And we also have Tustin. has two classes left for the year. That's all, just two. One in Boston, one in L.A., and the dates are coming up as I'm looking, scrolling through my notes here. 
November 19th and 20th in, in Boston and December 3rd and 4th in Los Angeles. You can buy your tickets today. We have a, like three or four tickets per class and you can see us after LashCon and there's payment plans available so you can spread it out and not feel all the pain at once, okay? And by the way, it's not a lot of pain. It's well worth it. We haven't had anyone ever complain after taking Tusney's retention course and this class will change how you do lashes and it, you have to be experienced, by the way. You can't just be someone who just picked up lashes a week ago. It'll be too overwhelming. But if you've been doing lashes for at least six months, you're ready to improve your game and get that better lash retention. And it's really focused on both pre-mades and classic. Volume is true. Yeah, it can work. It's really hard to do it with volume. But for sure, if you're doing pre-mades and classic, this will change everything. All right. So I think that's everything. Oh, yeah. One thing. Well, let's get into this because I want to talk about um, Vanessa's planner that she has. She's going to give a discount code. I'm going to just give it to you now. It's planner20, planner20. That discount code is going to give you a discount on her planner that they are going to be selling. The last I checked on their website is not online yet. They're launching at LashCon. So you can wait a couple more weeks, beginning of November, go to their website, The Lash Professional, and you can go get a discount for this planner before 2023 gets here. So you can start planning out your year. And this tool is made for lash artists so that you helps you to have focus and make the most of your upcoming year. Okay, that's all we have for announcements. Now let's get to our interview where we sit down with Vanessa and talk about her last journey and how she built her business. Vanessa, welcome to the show. Hi, I am so excited to finally be here. We are excited to have you on and really blessed to have you on because you are one of, actually a sponsor with LashCon, which is always nice to get you, our sponsors on the show too. But not just that, you've been in this industry for quite a while and have a company that we really like. We found very attractive and we got to see your booth at IBS this year. Really nice booth. And I think we really kind of connected with you. We got to hang out there on the floor for that 10, 20 minutes where we had with you and saw that you were really a very kind, generous, and very thoughtful person. And I would love for our industry to get to know you and the Lash Professional a little bit better today. Well, that is very nice. You're right. I have been in the industry for a really long time. I learned how to do lashes 15 years ago. This bump. Yes, yes, girl. It was forever ago. And uh, my girlfriend, she did pageants in Houston mm-hmm. and she got her lashes done. And I'm like, this is going to be huge one day. Yes, absolutely. And I learned how to do lashes and I've never stopped. Never stopped. I- That's really cool. So you, like Tuss, I mean, Tuss was the same way. In 2005, she went to a trade show and saw, I think, uh, Nova and Extreme or something like that. A couple of the yeah. OGs mm-hmm. were there. And she was like, okay, this is the, the new thing. This is going to change the world of beauty. And so for you, that was the same thing. You saw your friend with lashes and you were just like, that's it. Got to do it. Yeah, that was it for me. I went to aesthetic school just so I can do lashes. And no one was talking about lashes. No one was really doing lashes. And I just knew it was going to be really big. And I'm so grateful I had that intuition. Yeah. That was like the olden days when you would get this like little vinyl mat and like you'd pour out the lashes in a little jar and the loose lashes. The loose lashes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've come in back, back but, now. <laughs> but the classic the ones made like loose yes. lashes now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But all of these were classic lashes. So for you, you saw this guy, you went to school 
got your license. Did you go work for yourself right away? Or did, I mean, I guess there was nowhere to go work and do lashes, was there? Absolutely not. I practiced on all my friends because at the time, the training, the manuals were like five, six pages and (laughs) it was just a different time. And so I had to learn all of that stuff on my own and my friends and family members, like bless their hearts. They had some crazy lashes when I was learning on my own, but I started taking clients for like a year and then I opened up my first salon I was 23 in wow. Seattle and just started opening up salons after that. Wow. So 23, that's young and salons. So there's a plural here. It wasn't just a one-time mm-hmm. thing. What was it that was driving you to do that? Did you have experience working for yourself before or, or do you have it in your family? Is it like entrepreneurship, something that just kind of runs in your family? Or are you just kind of the, just a very beat your own drum, do your own thing? Well, my family are farmers in California, so I grew up seeing my family work really hard, and they came from Croatia, so we talked about war at the dinner table, and I just knew what hard work looked like, and I wanted to make them proud. I didn't want all this sacrifice for our family to be for nothing, so I think it was just engraved in me when I saw an opportunity, I ran with it. I also wanted to be financially independent. In my culture, the men run everything and they run the money they run rules in the home and the women just obey. And I kind of wanted to rebel against that. I didn't want to work for my family. I wanted to be independent. And the only way I knew how to do at that moment was to make money with lashes. And I just went with it. It's cool. I didn't know that you're Croatian. What part of Croatia is your family from? My family is from Havar which is amazing. If you haven't been there, you definitely need to visit. Yeah, it's a beautiful island. I went in the early 90s. 90s. We went to Opatia and Zagreb and, oh, it was just amazing. It was like one of the most beautiful, magical places on earth. Uh, I appreciate that. I think so too. Figs, you know, just growing wild and the water and the fish and it was really special. Yeah, Lona... Um, was just there recently, and she, on her feed, I got to watch it, and she showed pictures of Croatia, which I've not really seen Croatia a lot, so it was actually beautiful. I didn't realize how how pretty it was it's there. It's so special. When I was in high school, my best friend and I became very close with a foreign exchange student, and in fact, he lived with her family. So after he graduated and served in the Army, we went out to visit him, and he showed us all around, and we just had the best summer. So Croatia is just amazing. Now, are you the first, your parents the first, or I guess you're the first generation of your parents immigrants, or was it a couple generations, or how long did it? My grandparents came here with nothing, and they started a farm in California and just grew it and grew it and grew it, and now our grapes are in Costco, and they're around the world, and so <sighs> I got to see this develop at a very young age, and mm. Amazing. How wholesome is growing fruit and selling it to people? That's amazing. So it's part of your DNA, that hard work ethic and planning. And because the farm doesn't just happen, it's like you have to plan for the planting and the growing. And I'm not like a farmer, but (laughs) I just just know that it it doesn't happen. You know, the farmers have to plan planting. (laughs) Well, it just takes planning. It takes planning. No, that's actually cool. I think you're the first person that's related to the farming industry. It's one of those things where you don't meet farmers. At least it feels like 
in LA. You're not like, oh yeah, Bob over there, he's a farmer. Like this is not the <laughs> world that we live in. So it's really cool. That's your background. What part of California were they? Outside of Bakersfield, California. Okay. So the farm is in McFarland, Delano, that area. Oh, cool. And yeah, I grew up on the farm and, you know, we would visit to Dana Point for the summers mm. and, and get away. But yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Very and small farm town. Now for you, before Lashes, did you have another career options that you were looking at? I mean, were you thinking about going this way and then Lashes really just stopped you in your tracks and you kind of pivoted? I'm kind of a nerd. I like finance. I like to take a little bit of money and turn it into something else. And maybe I get that also for my family. So I was in school for finance and I was really intrigued by that, but I didn't feel like it was emotionally healthy for me. Finance, if you're a financial advisor to someone, you're supposed to be helping and guiding them. And when I had my internships, it didn't feel like that for me. I felt like I was being shady or just not really looking out for people. And it didn't sit well for me. So I was looking for something else. And my family thought I lost my mind when I said eyelashes. And I grew up (laughs) riding dirt bikes on the farm in a dress. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're girly, but not that girly. So they were very surprised. But I saw an opportunity. And well, thank you know, God that I found that opportunity. I don't know if I this, I just don't want this to be lost on our listeners that the time that you went into this, Vanessa, was remarkable because you learn lashes in a time when there was nothing like that before. So when you said, oh, I do lashes, people didn't understand. I mean, people thought, oh, strip lashes. Now it's just a given. Oh, uh, lash extensions. It's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. But at the time it wasn't. And there was never a model for us on like what a salon looked like. In fact, when we learned lashes, the people that were teaching it, that was their job, was the training. They didn't know how to do fills. They didn't know how to train for that. They didn't know what the lashes looked at when they grew out. They, All that stuff had to be learned on your own. So basically, you went out blind and you started a salon. It was a brand new service. Nobody had ever heard about it. And it's like you had to figure it out yourself because that information was not given by the companies that were equipping and training people because it just wasn't there yet. And so, a lot of the information was just straight out wrong back in those days. Because they didn't know. <laughs> they weren't doing lashes on a daily basis. And yeah. I know because I worked for a company that was, I was a trainer, lash trainer. Yeah, and, and no one who owned that company actually did lashes. So they just kind of winged it and just trusted that. Yeah. And when you yeah. said that the manual was five pages, literally it was five pages. And yeah. So anyway, I just want to brag on that. Just give the listeners an understanding that. Of the timeline. Yeah. So it's like you were a pioneer. You were like staking out the earth, the permafrost or whatever it was and making claim, which is a lot harder to to do. Everybody else gets the benefit of, of having that knowledge. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I forget about that. It was a different time and teaching people what lashes were. Now they come into my salons. They know lashes. They know what they want. They know what curl and diameter. Our clients know all of this stuff. At that time, people didn't even know what lash extensions, what they were. And so we did a lot of promotion, just teaching, Hey, this is what it is. And this is why it's great. It was a different time. One of the things too, that put timelines here. If you're talking about 15 years ago, that's a pretty interesting time in American history. That's right when the Great Recession 
was basically kicking off. Was there any concerns as you pivoted into this and you were beginning to see the economy collapse, basically, and here you are starting a whole new venture and a new business that no one even knew about? How did you get through that? Or what was your mindset to get, you know, as you kind of moved into that timeline in the United States as far as the Great Recession? Well, surprisingly, I wasn't that fearful because... I was young. I was 23. I think fear developed the older I got when I was young. I'm like the world, I can do yeah. whatever I want to do and nothing is going to stop me. And now at 37, I have all of these fears because I've had <laughs> these experiences. So yeah. I have to battle with that now. But at that time, I just believed in lashes and I still do, but I just really believed in what I was doing. And I'm such an organized person. I'm insanely organized. Every 30 minutes of my day is planned out. Mm. And I was like that at 23 years old, starting the business, everything was just organized. That gave me peace of mind. And I just went with it. And we thrived during a recession. I know there's a lot of talk right now about this recession. And if you're nervous, don't be. You can still have a really successful business if you plan and organize correctly and you just are careful and pay attention to what's going on. That's cool. I want to get a little bit more um, background because I actually want to know, because you started as a solo artist and now you know, you have a brand. But And you said salons in between. So I'd like to know a little bit more in between. Get to the, the salons part, and then let's get into what we really want to talk about. is a little bit about organization planning, because I know that's kind of like one of your superpowers, and I love. Yeah, and we'll get to that. But I wanted to find out, after you got into Lashes, you said you, opened a, you, were, you went up in Seattle, and then you opened salons. I guess maybe you can just share a quick kind of run-by of, what that was like, you know, you know, obviously you did this during the recession. So this sounds like you, you, yeah, I guess when you're young, you, you're ignorant to what's going on in the world. So you just don't care. You just do it anyways, which I love. And maybe sometimes we need to get some of that childhood innocence back in us to go outside our comfort zones and, and fearlessness to take chances. But that said, maybe you can share, I'd love to hear a little bit how you got from that single solo operator to salons to then a lash brand. If you can maybe give a little insight on that. Yeah. So I opened up my salon and I wasn't making any money. I was paying my rent and that's it. But I worked at a bar in Seattle to just survive. And when I wasn't there, I was at my salon and within six months, I was able to hire someone and then hire someone else and hire. And it just took off within mm. a year. We were doing really well. Cool. And because I am all about growth and getting to the next level, if I am stagnant, I am bored. I do not like it. So I opened up another salon. And then once we hit my numbers, my goal, I was like, okay, let's go to the next location. And then I just had to stop myself eventually because it just was a lot to have so many salons. And yeah. I was in Arizona and Seattle and eventually I just had to stop. Oh, so you had two locations. You were flying back and forth, like overseeing them. Yeah. Wow. It was That's crazy. It was a lot. I just thought I could do everything. And, you know, I don't know. I was in my twenties. I didn't get so tired so quickly and I don't have children. I think that changes a lot for women. Mm. And this was just something that I really enjoyed. That's cool. And so you had 
multiple locations, Seattle and Arizona, did you end up closing any of them or consolidating when you or settling down in one location over the other? Yeah. So I eventually sold my Seattle salons. It was like five years ago. It just became too much to travel back and forth. I have great management in Arizona that helped, but it was hard to get management in Seattle. It was just a little bit more complicated. So it was best for me to sell and, and just be more put. I like my routine and I was like just changing it every other week. And it was just too much. My mental health was just out the window and I needed to refocus. Yeah. So you decide five years, you sell that focus on your salon. When did the last brand come in? Was that after you sold your salons and you decided to start doing products or had you already started your product line? So I started manufacturing products probably like 12 years ago and it was for my salons Mm -hmm. because in all honesty to cut costs, Mm -hmm. I wanted to pay my girls the highest commission I could pay them. And so I would just look at my business where I could cut costs so I could give it to them. Mm -hmm. And one of that was manufacturing products. So I went to China. I talked to manufacturers in Korea um, and just found people that I trusted that could make quality products, but also make it more affordable for me. So I can pay my lash artist as much as I could. Yeah, they say that necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. Well, and that's yet, what we yeah. did. That When we are salon, we you had have to cut costs. Paying $15, $20 a tray was not an option. That was not going to happen. We could not afford that. So we actually did the same thing. We kept looking at manufacturers and we just finally found some. We never private labeled it because it was just for our salon. So we, we actually, people would say, we, I forget the names of the companies we had, but it would be some name. And they'd be like, oh, we buy from this brand. Or they tell other people, lash artists go, who's that? I'm like, guys, it's, it's it's a Chinese brand. No one knows who that is. Or Korean. Like, it's not a brand oh. you go out and you buy on the street. All the, you know, it's not Borba Letter or something like that. But anyhow, you started doing that in-house. What was the impetus for you to decide to take that and start selling to the local community or to lash artists online? Well, I guess it was just more, why am I not doing it? Mm-hmm. And I think that I didn't do it for so long out of insecurity. There, you know, was Borboletta and Bella Lash and all of these big brands that have done phenomenal work. And I'm like, can I do this? Like, I know this online space, but can I actually build a brand? That's something new. But I was getting kind of bored with the salons. I needed something to get me excited. I was getting complacent in my life. And so I'm like, okay, let's let's try. Like, even if I can't even come close to what they're doing, it's just exciting to learn branding. There's so much that goes into it. So Mm -hmm. I went for it five years ago. Oh, five. Okay, cool. Yeah. You don't need to do what they're doing because it's like you bring your own unique voice and your, your own sweet spirit to whatever you're doing. So it's like nobody needs another Borboletta. I mean, I love Borboletta, you know, but I'm just saying it's like the table is big enough for you, Vanessa. And it's like, that's one of the reasons why we're having you on the show is because I think you do have a good voice. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I've learned that through time, but it took me a while to launch it to everyone because of insecurity and, you know, just not thinking that I can do it because I'm watching these incredible women do incredible things. And then I, you know, I'm judging myself and looking at myself and picking myself apart. And it's just a human experience. I think we all do it in different ways. That is, that is so, um, 
it's it's so female. I I just want to say that it, it afflicts us, you know? Thank you for being vulnerable with that. Well, I think that was really when we first met and you reached out to me and you were like, I really need to get out there and start putting my face out there. Like you, I remember you saying, I'm not really comfortable with that. I'm not, I don't want to be the face of a brand. I don't want to have to do all this stuff, but I realize if I want my brand to grow, to have impact, to, to connect with people, you, you have to get out of your comfort zone and do that. And that's why you decided to come and be part of LashCon. And which I think was really kind of cool. And it seemed like for you, a, a kind of a, moving into a new direction to get your brand out into the public eye more. Very true. Yeah, exactly. Which is great. There's a lot of people that feel the same way about it, whether it's a lash salon, where it's a solo artist, where it's another product company, where I think putting yourself out there is scary because rejection. What if people like what you're doing? What if they don't like you for some reason? I mean, I know for us, I think when we first started doing our podcast, I know we were a little bit like, what if people hate us? I think our personalities suck. And, you know, it's like, well, I guess we'll just find out. Well, what, you know, like all my ideas, everyone says that they're weird. Maybe they really are. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad that you didn't listen to that voice inside that says just I'm not good enough or I'm too afraid because I think the world is better <laughs> that you have brought the lash professional products to to market. Everyone goes through this. If they're a lash artist who want to go out on their own to open up a studio space or if they want to open up their own salon or their own brand, I like to share this vulnerability with people because if they have that same vulnerability, know that if they just hush that voice and do it, it's worth it. And I'm so glad I made that. So for anybody out there who's going through the same thing, have those thoughts, fight them and do it. Just go out and do it. Can I ask you what was one of the first steps that you did when you actually fought it? Like what was one of the things that you did that actively to quell that voice or to, to put those fears away? What was one of those things? I was just honest with myself. I think the ego gets involved and they're like, oh, I can't do this. Oh, people are going to judge me or I'm just not good enough. And then I had to realize, wow, this is just insecurity and labeling it as an insecurity. So then I can be like, okay, I can do this. I'm going to have those thoughts that I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy for this. And I have to label it as an insecurity. So then I can fight against that and tell myself, no, it's okay. You can do it. And if you fall down and maybe you're not that great, you're going to learn and you're going to become stronger and wiser and you're going to keep going. So it's like just identifying it, being honest enough to identify it, and then coach yourself off the ledge when you fall. Yes, exactly. I think it's great. And I think that's a good way to look at it because I think a lot of people, I don't think people realize it's, it is the ego that's getting in the way. That's the thing that's blocking you. The, the idea that you are above failure, that you are above letting yourself down or maybe letting your family down or letting others down because maybe you're out of your knowledge zone so you're doing things a little differently and making mistakes that's just the ego that you're saying i can't look bad i can't look weak i can't look like i don't know what i'm doing i have that issue when it comes to like asking questions like tuss when we're in a classroom when, when we go to conferences tuss is the, the front row she taught me this go in the front row so that the speaker can see you and then she will literally ask every in my opinion at times every dumb question that i'm thinking but i don't want to ask because i think oh it's really a dumb question i do not Tuss is right away hands up and you know. i'm the fool if i leave the class without getting the information that i needed but i had to learn that and i had to learn that it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to not 
appear to have all the have all the questions. Have it all worked out. Yeah. You know, I heard somewhere, I can't remember where this was, that people were talking about the things that their parents taught them. And one of the women was saying that her father really taught her about failure. And every week, the father, when she was a little kid, would say, what did you fail at? What did you fail at today? And what did you fail at this week? And because he would ask it every single time, she began to look for ways, like, I need to fail in something. And as an adult, what she learned from that- She became a failure. No. (laughs) She learned that it was- it's about the trying. Yeah. Because it, the failure, it's like you have to fail in order to to succeed. You, you because that's how you learn. When you're learning to walk, you have to fall down on your butt like when you watch a little kid. You know, it's painful. But they have to do that in order to get strong enough to to um conquer the world, right? So it's like it's the trying. When you put yourself in a vulnerable place and you and you say, "You know what? I'm going to dust myself off when I get uh, some bruises and I'm just going to keep on going." That's the skill. That's the trying that is fostered. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm going to guess that we, we already talked about or foreshadowed this a little bit, that your secret power, one of the things that really makes you able to move and pivot, like you've obviously been solo, you've done salon, you have a product line now, that the organization and the the planning and all that stuff is one of the reasons why is these things for you have panned out and have worked out for you. So we wanted to get into that a little bit, maybe some of your systems and way of thinking of how do you go about organizing and planning your day? Because the fact that you said that, and I've heard this, and maybe you'll explain this. I've seen this a post even on this about successful people don't use to-do lists. They have to use their calendar as their to-do list. And maybe, I don't know if that's what you do or if that's your system, but I've, I'm intrigued to learn a little bit more about. Can we crack into your brain so that we can see your secrets? So I think one habit that really helped me become successful is planning. And for me, it helps me get everything I have to do done. So if you're a lash artist, you have to, of course, do lashes. You have to worry about your schedule, texting clients, posting content, inventory. There's so much. And that's just with your business, not taking your kids to school, cooking dinner, grocery shopping. There's so many ways that we're pulled. And so staying organized and plan helps you get everything done. Mm -hmm. So I'm not only pulled for my four salons, but the lash brand all day, I have a ton of things to do. I'm up at 5am, I'm asleep by nine and every 30 minutes is planned. And I get all of this done because I'm just very organized. So every Sunday I go through my week and everything I want to accomplish and put it down. Mm -hmm. And it really helps. And I think that if any lash artist is having a really difficult time keeping up with their to-do list, they feel overwhelmed taking 30 minutes on a Sunday to plan out their week will change their business. I highly, highly recommend it. Do you use a computer? Do you have a list? What kind of tools do you use to, to chart out that 30 minutes? And like, is there a formula? Great question. So I always start broad. So I will just scribble down all the things I have to do. And then I will get my planner, the Lash Professional. We created one just for Lash Artists. So I use it personally. And then I will put everything down in my planner. And this just helps me keep track of inventory, my content, what we're posting. 
my workouts, if I'm drinking enough water, because if I'm not hydrated, I'm going to be grumpy and I can't just drink coffee all day. And I keep track of every detail. I know it sounds so silly, but it really helps me accomplish all of my goals. What about family stuff like birthdays? You know, I'm always scrambling when birthdays come around or anniversaries and things like that. And then also the personal fitness stuff. Well, I guess you're probably saying some of the more long-term planning, like how do you fit that in? Like short-term week to week is one thing to say, yeah. okay, I want to actually get more into that too in a second. But also I guess you're asking like birthdays planning for that type of stuff too. I'm like fly by the seat of your pants person and I know it drives Paul nuts. So <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I'm in the beginning of every month. I'll go through the month. I'll go through it quarterly. I'm also analyzing my numbers at that time. So I know I have in November, I have LashCon in my calendar hey. already. And yeah. yeah. So this month I'm prepping for that. So I'm also looking at it really at the grand scale and then just going smaller and getting, you know, everything in the bottom of the funnel, my little details, like my workouts and my water intake, but it's all important. So I make sure that I get everything done. I will have my grooming appointments for my little dog scheduled for the years in my planner. If I don't have it scheduled in my planner, it's not going to get done and she's going to look crazy. So I need best. everything planned. Just talk about little dogs getting grooming. Oh my gosh. What kind of little dog do you have? <laughs> she's a Maltese. Yeah. That's my baby. That's my child. He's so yeah. cute. If you ever go to the Lash Professional Headquarters, she is there. So oh, when the people yeah. come pick up their orders, they get to play with her. And yeah. Dogs are the she's best. at the office every day. That's awesome. Love it. Now for you, when you say you break down your day, what does, and you schedule every 30 minutes, does it literally mean like six, oh, you get at 5 a.m., which, you know, God bless you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bed at three. So I, I maybe sometimes we pass a wave as I go to bed and say, I know you're getting up. But I, I guess for you, yeah, what does that look like? Do you just sit down with the calendar and Lily mark every hour? Like, okay, I'll be doing this for this 30 minutes. Then I have two hours. I'll be doing this an hour for that, 15 minutes for that. What does it look like, I guess? Yeah. I mean, I have my meditation scheduled for my 30 minutes and then I have my workout after that. Um, everything is in there. I will of course do meetings and I just started picking up shifts at one of my salons because I'm like, Oh, I'm losing my skill. And I was so busy before I couldn't. And now I'm like, okay, I'm going to work in my salon because I miss it. I miss connecting with women. And that is in there. Um, dinners with girlfriends, I'll block time off for that. And I have my little night routine. I'm kind of cheesy, but I put time to read and time to walk my dog and listen to a podcast. So I just allocate time for myself, not just the business. So it actually gets done because my self-care will go out the window if it is not in my planner. I love it. That so, sounds so rich. So you're really good. I think the thing that's the key to me, and you tell me if I'm wrong, you're actually quite disciplined, it sounds like. like you, you know, Very disciplined, yes. And that's yeah. the key because right, I, it's not. there's nothing magical about a calendar with items in it if you're not disciplined because you'll just ignore them. Like, oh, I didn't do that, do that, do that. <laughs> and if anything, you're going to feel worse about yourself at the end of the day because you're going to look at your calendar like, wow, I, I woke up today 
I ate at some point, but all the other things I just got distracted by YouTube or other things. So I'm guessing, is that something that you learned in your family? Have you always been that way? Or is that something you've had to work on and grow that muscle? I've always been pretty disciplined, but it is something that I'm more aware of now because there are moments where I'm like, I am not getting out of bed to go to my workout. Like there's no way I want to stay in this cozy bed. And then I just tell myself like, no, it's in your planner, get up and do it. And I've had to push myself because if I don't follow what I have in my planner, if I don't stay disciplined, I, I was raised Catholic. So I have that Catholic shame. (laughs) So I will shame myself all day. And so I've learned, Hey, that shame is not worth it. Get your lazy butt up and go to the gym. So discipline is huge, but, and you just have to do it. It's for your benefit and you're worthy to have all your dreams come true. So just do what you have to do. When you, Paul said it's about discipline, my heart sank just a little bit because, (laughs) because I'm not, but the thing is that, and I want to say, speak comfort to me, Vanessa, because it's like this tool, this planning tool. It's like, if you have it, then, then you have the ability to say, I'm going to do that or not. And it's like. Because if it's not in there, I don't know that I need to do it, right? So well, it's I, a system. It's a system. Well, for you're, those of you who yeah. you, you know Paul, Paul's very organized. He's got the gift well, of administration. I've, yes. I've, so well, you are looking at me like with contempt and like <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the one that's like hanging on your every word, like, oh Vanessa, this is great. Like I just speak comfort to me. Tell me that there's a way I can do it. I'm gonna send you our 2023 planner. I'm gonna send it to you. <laughs> It's going to change your life. You're going to get nice and organized. Oh, I'm so honored. Thank (laughs) you. What's the planner like? Well, it has a lot of reflection in the beginning. So you can really figure out what you need to focus on in your goals. And then we break down that reflection quarterly as well. It has spots for your inventory list, content planning, everything from self-care, everything a lash artist entrepreneur would need. I love Google Calendar and I also use Google Calendar, but I also like to write everything down. There's something that it does for our brain. We remember things a little bit more when we actually write it down. So it's really great for memory. And uh, yeah, it's for lash artists and someone who loves to plan and to stay organized, spent tons of time creating this. So you can be as successful as you possibly can. I'm so excited. What it sounds like, and this is kind of exciting because I, I've, uh, I'm a big Donald Miller fan. He has a whole thing kind of like called a life plan or something like that. And I remember when he came out with that, I remember taking a class where he teaches about the big picture. First, you got to think the big picture. You got to think of your why. You got to think of what you're trying to do. And then you break it down into your goals for the year, your bigger goals. And then you break into the individual tasks, which it sounds like this planner does some of that because you said there's some place to reflect and think about stuff and it helps you walk through that. Is that correct? Yep, exactly. Yeah. So it's all about reflection, planning for the year. And then we break it down quarterly, weekly, daily. It's great. It's the best planner. It's what I was looking for and wasn't out there. So we created it, my team and I, and 
I love it. And every year we just keep making it better. So we're really excited for 2023. And our big launch is going to be at LashCon. So yeah. we're excited to bring it there. Yeah, yeah that's one of the things where we hope anyone, any other brands listening right now, we'd love to see LashCon become a place where people can kind of launch Debut things. Their kind, stuff. Of, kind of like CES, if you don't know, see a consumer like Nobody knows show. that. How about Comic-Con? Yeah. New movie trailers yeah, right. and all that. Okay, People yeah, get whatever. that, right? Yeah. So, okay, or- sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to d- downplay your boring CES thing. Okay, tell CES us. CES Consumer Electronics Show. Come on. Who it's knows a, what CES is? It's the is. biggest <laughs> trade show in the world. That's all. Whatever. Or at least the biggest in the United States. Yeah, yeah. I, thank you. Thank you. Gosh, it's all about toys. Okay, all right. Like electronic things, like, you know, uh, whatever. We should do a poll. Does anybody know But CES? for you... <laughs> Once, obviously, you said you have to plan a year. When do you sit down and start planning out your year? Do you do it November, December, February? Is there a time when you sit down, reflect, and actually like to lay out your schedule and think about the next year? I start the end of November, December, and I'm also not one of those New Year's party, let's have some champagne kind of girl. On New Year's Eve, I am alone and I really just reflect on my year. I think about what I want for the next year, light a candle, have some alone time and just be really reflective. And so a lot of my planning goes on during New Year's Eve. It's wow. my little ritual. Oh, that's I special. Know. That sounds great. No champagne. That's really cool. Yeah, no champagne and focus and get your you know, plan. Because the thing is, is if you don't take the time to plan, then the schedule will never happen, right? So that's part of the discipline part where you've sat down once a year, you do that. And then quarterly, do you wait till the quarter's over or do you start working on the bigger? Because obviously there's the yearly plans, but usually with me, I break it down and go, okay, well, I have a few months to work on this. I have a few months to work on this. Well, right now I'm in my two months. I just kicked off. I told our family, I was telling you even earlier, I, uh, I sat down with our kids last night. I said, okay, these next eight weeks, because yeah, basically time. Eight, eight weeks from today, we check in at the Hilton Hotel to start getting everything going. And I'm like, okay, it's pretty much, this is a eight week calendar that doesn't, no one gets to disturb me. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I love you guys. But for eight weeks, I'm pretty much making, making the money for the family for the next year. So we got to focus on for you quarterly. How do you break it down or what's your routine? I guess with all that, what's your secret sauce? Yeah. So I get ready for the next quarter, probably coming to the end of the quarter, we have to work with the brand. We're getting ready for Christmas promotions right Mm -hmm. now. So we're working always way ahead, but in my salons, it's a little different. We're getting ready for maybe like Thanksgiving busy season. We're making sure our books are blocked off correctly. Our hours are correctly. Our gift cards are stocked. Our decorations for the holidays are starting to get removed from storage. So we're always preparing for the salons, probably like a month, maybe two months ahead of time. But the brand, we're doing it three or four months ahead of time, always. And then, yeah, I just start with that quarterly. And then I go down to month and then week and then day. That's cool. No, I think that's great. And I think what does is... For me personally, I have to keep remembering the big picture. I'm only working on a few major projects at any one time. And then underneath those major projects are multiple smaller projects. And then you're breaking them down into individual tasks. Are you really good with, I guess, setting goals at the same time where you sit down and then you give yourself kind of a, you break it down to its parts? Is that how this form paperwork or this uh, book that you have, does it help to do that? Like, does it ask you questions or is this more stuff that you 
just have space to write, but you have to really ask the right questions to break it all down yourself. Yeah. So we start it with questions. So it helps you get into that reflection process. And then there's spots for you to write everything down so you can keep organized and goals are huge. So you know what you're working towards. If you're just going to work at your salon five days a week and you're like, am I going to take this extra client or am I going to sell gift cards or this retail? you're not going to be very motivated if you're not chasing a goal. So I think goals are very, very important and to know what that is. Do you have any guidance or tips on goal setting? Like how you go about making your goals and setting up so that you can achieve them? Well, that's a great question. Um, I have learned to make realistic goals, not something that's really easy to hit because if you make it too easy, it's not really a goal, but also don't make it too high where you're discouraged and you're beating yourself up because you didn't get close to this goal. So something that you can actually achieve, but not so easily achievable. Mm -hmm. Is that balance? Should scare you a little bit maybe, right? Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Make you feel 23 again and fearless and just going for it. That's very cool. I was just thinking, you know, hearing that dad say, what did you fail at? You know, it's like, you don't want to fail at one of your goals, but it's like when you actually put it out there, it's cause for you have to do it now. So when you think about being scared a little bit, that's, it's kind of scary. It's also kind of exciting. Yeah, no, definitely. Now, I know that one of the things that you were excited to tell us about that you guys are, you said earlier, they're going to be launching this planner. So what is it? Where can they get it? And also, I know that you had something special for our, for our listeners because of this. So we're excited for you to share this. Yeah, I'm all about women entrepreneurship, and I want to help as many women as possible and men. Okay. That's <laughs> but, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but mostly the women. <laughs> yeah, everyone. Um, so this planner is made for you, for lash artist entrepreneurs. And we are launching in... Um, at LashCon. So you can pick it up at LashCon or you can go online and order it. And if you want to order it online, I have a special discount code for you. It is planner 20 and our website is just the lash professional.com. Oh, planner thank you. 20. And I forgot if you said discount, did you say how much? I don't think. Um, it is $65. $65. Mm-hmm. Very $65. cool. So that's super actually affordable. I mean, Anything that helps you organize your life and get things done for 65 bucks, uh, you know, it's you, a bargain. You've done a, yeah, it's a bargain. It's a it's steal. A bar- I'm really looking forward to getting mine. I'm going to, I'm going to get <laughs> stuff done. It's going to help me be disciplined. Yeah. No. <laughs> and I'm putting it out there. I'm the total enabler. He's looking at yeah. me. No. I can tell he's like, I'm yeah. the total enabler because I, I just, I just, I become her calendar. I become her book, bookkeeper. I become everything. Yeah, but I'd I like to, it. I'd like to grow no, think, a little yeah. bit. I'd It'd like to put it you. out there for my lash sisters that, no, my foibles. Uh, I'm just, I'd like to grow in the area of uh, discipline and organization. So, yeah, I think that'd be good. I know that we used to do, when we were young, when we first got married, I think we had a once a year plan where we'd sit down and we wrote down goals and financial, professional, spiritual, e- emotional. You know, like we would sit down and plan these out. And we did that for about three or four years. 
And then we just stopped doing it, sadly. <laughs> so yeah. we tried, but we weren't that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's amazing. You need to do that again. Yeah. We do. We do need to do that no, again. No, just listening to you talk. It's like, We're no, totally it, inspired. It was. It was a nice thing because I, you really you hit all the things that are important to you. We wanted to be financially responsible or we wanted to know that we were growing as a couple. Like, we were not ignoring ourselves. And Well, it was also yeah. really important at the time when our kids were little because we had certain things that we wanted to impart to them. And it's like... If if we didn't talk about it, and I, if I knew I didn't put it on a schedule or, or something, that those values wouldn't get imparted. So we had strategies about certain things. So. Yeah, I think this will be good. We'll get You get it. We'll sit down. We'll work through it together and um, talk about maybe we'll add some our own little things because I think it's it, planning is great. I actually like planning. It's part of the most fun part for me with LashCon is breaking down all the tasks, all the things, all we're trying to accomplish and you're the, the idea person. So she was, I have this. Why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? And I'm like, you know, it freaks me out sometimes. But <laughs> <laughs> Put it in the plan. But yes. But then I try to put it in the plan and make it happen. So it's all good. So thank you so much. Um, so um, where can they find you on Instagram? I think you said your website. But where can they find you elsewhere if they wanted to look you up and all that? Yeah, our Instagram is The Lash Professional, and my personal is Vanessa underscore Malika. And I, yeah, this is so much fun. Thank you for letting me join you. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And we're excited to have you be at LashCon. I'm sure your booth will look cool. And um, so definitely come by and say hi to Vanessa and uh, try out some of her stuff and definitely get her calendar planner. If you're not, if you're not disciplined, like we get things done, but we don't always have a, a great structure around it. I think this might be good for us too. So thank Absolutely. you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Hey guys, that's it. We're done. That's a wrap. We're out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at LashCast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. Yes, all three. Do all three right now. Anyhow, on behalf of my Lash Pupusasa, Tusney, and I, yeah, I'm not going to explain this one. You can ask Tusney if you see her at LashCon, what, what the heck is Pupusasa? She will be more than glad to tell you. Anyhow, as on behalf of my last Pupusasa, Tusney, as well as our special guest, Vanessa, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. 